Tim Burton said, Movies are like an expressive form of therapy for me. I can't help but agree. Films bring up our deepest desires, our most hidden secrets, and a wondering of whether everyone else is just as confused as we are. Today's director has a reputation for pushing the boundaries with his work, encouraging us all to look a little deeper into what makes us tick. I'm Martina Minnow, and I'm joined today by a director I have long admired, the inspirational Felix Thorne, director of Teen Wolf of Wall Street. Welcome, Felix. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on your show with me now. I really do. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. I'm delighted and I've wanted to have you on for quite some time and well I'm so excited that you've come on today to talk to us about Teen Wolf of Wall Street. I'm so excited that I get to inspire other people by being here you know that's what we do truly as Americans we inspire the rest of the world and the rest of the country and uh, you know I, as my old daddy always said he always said a thorn's place in this world is to inspire others and bring joy and if you ain't doing that you need to get the hell out of America. Well, I do feel inspired and joyful. Now, Mr. Thorne, or can I call you Felix? You can call me Felix. You can call me a bald eagle. Either of those two work. Oh, my. That's very intimate. Um, I'll stick for Felix for now, but let's see how we go. So, Felix, tell us, what was the inspiration behind Teen Wolf of Wall Street? Well... It was uh, whatever that movie came out with um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. You know, I was watching that movie and I was like, you know, this is some good cinema. This is some good cinema. But I wish we had one piece of cinema here that really reflected American values, right? It's all this cocaine out the butt crack. It's all this drugs. It's all the cursing. New York City, big lights, beep, 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 honk, honk, honk no good old home cooking, no biscuits and gravy. Then I thought back to Teen Wolf. Now that's a wholesome movie. Oh boy, me and my mama used to watch that movie five times a month. Ooh, loved it. So what I thought I'd do is combine the two, bring American values into Wall Street, something that you don't really see, something that the liberals won't let you see. Absolutely, and American values in Wall Street, not something I thought I'd see in my lifetime either. Now, obviously, Felix, I watched mm. it the moment it was released, but some of our listeners may not have watched the film yet. Could you provide a quick summary of what actually happens? Sure. So you start off with uh, a young man. His name is uh, uh, Francis Dorman. And Francis Dorman, he's just a kid, just like any other kid, going to high school, enjoying life, going to his local football game, going to church every Sunday, you know, got a nice little blonde lady that he's dating. But one night, he gets attacked in the middle of the forest. Yep, by none other than a werewolf. Then the next morning, he finds out that he is starting to turn into a werewolf. And then, and only then, does he also get a letter from Wall Street being like, hey, you won the contest. He's like, what contest? They're like, don't worry about it. And then he got shipped all the way up to Wall Street. So now he's dealing with his puberty, turning into a werewolf while also being on Wall Street. Hadn't even finished high school yet. Crazy. You imagine all the drama that happens with that. 
Oh, absolutely. In the opening sequence in the kitchen, when that letter arrives, we've got Francis and his mother, who's a bit confused about all these changes she's seeing. And, and it was a perfect blend of, of comedy, but also that real nuance in that relationship between, between a mother and a, and a boy who's growing up. Let's cut to that kitchen scene now. Francis? Yes, Mama? Your grits are here, and also, you've got a letter. A letter for me? Yeah. Hang on, let me open it. It's from Wall Street, Mama. I ain't never heard of no Wall Street. Wall, Wall Street is writing a letter to my Francis? What's it say, boy? It says you have to be CEO of J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan? What is J.P. Morgan? I only know about H.P. Ketchup. I don't know about no J.P. Morgan. Well, when you get a calling, you need to answer that door. You need to answer that phone. That message cannot go unanswered. So, if my son's gotta go, my son has gotta go. I miss you, Mama, and I miss your grits. I, I've never been apart from you. The only time I was apart from you was that time I went to Atlanta with the girls for a week, and also the time I went away with your Uncle Sheila when we went to uh, the UK. Uh, also the time I went away with your grandmother, God rest her soul, when we get to go to the outlet mall. It, apart from the 17 years we spent apart, we've never been apart, not even for one day. But Francis, you go and you kick J.P. Morgan in the balls. I will, that's what we do. We kick stuff in the balls. My, my. You know, Mr. Thorne, it's made me want to both call my mother and kick someone in the balls. I am inspired. Once again, you can call me Felix, and that's exactly what everyone needs to do. They need to call their mother every single Sunday, right after church. Call your mother, because your mother's the one that birthed you. I don't know if a lot of people know that. We Americans do, though. So wise, so wise. So we've got Francis, and we've got him on his intrepid adventure, and off he goes to Wall Street, but... Quite an unusual reception at J.P. Morgan, wasn't it? Oh, yes, quite unusual reception. He's, a, he's just a country boy going into these city lights. He gets in there. He sees people running around working 24-7, doing cocaine, doing all sorts of drugs, smoking the marijuana, doing the hazelwins, doing the cocaine, doing all these things. And he's like, this is just too fast for me. He almost gets hit by a cab 10 times before he even gets to the building. And then they see him. And oh boy, is the reception icy. They, they hate his country ways. They hate his, his belief in the one true Jesus. But he overcomes it. He eventually gets used to it with a little help from his new friend that he makes, Jefferson. Jefferson. And some interesting casting choices for Jefferson. Talk us through the actor you picked in the end. Yeah, so for Jefferson, um, I decided to get Jackie Chan. Now, Jackie Chan is, is an amazing man, you know, Mr. Nice Guy, Kung Fu, he's also, he's older, right? And Wall Street is full of young, young bucks. And so he's constantly looked down on as well. So Jackie sees young Francis and he's like, I see myself in this kid, someone who's being underestimated, someone who's being mistreated. He takes him under his wing and they go out to a bar and they befriend each other and Jackie shows him the ropes. And it's a beautiful friendship. It really is. And I wondered, Felix, did you have a similar mental character in your life? Is that where this is being drawn from? Yes, yeah, yeah, I did actually. I, I reached back into my past, thought about my pastor, Pastor Mac O'Malley. And Pastor Mac O'Malley, when I was 
when I was young and I started to lose my way. I didn't know if I could see the light at the end of the tunnel when I was a teenager. I thought back to Pastor Mac O'Malley. He took me by the hand and he showed me that things are gonna be all right. He gave me the inspiration that I carry today. He told me not to worry about people who didn't agree with what I said. Believe what I want, you know, believe that things are a fraud. It's okay to believe that, even if other people can prove that it's not, it's all good. It is, and well, Felix, I'm I'm here not just for the cinematic journalism angle. I like to get to know my guests, and I've actually got Pastor McNamally on the phone. Would you like to speak to him? Oh my goodness! Well, yeah, that'll be great. Let's do it. Well, let's bring him in. Here he is, Pastor McNamally, and he's got some lovely words of encouragement for you. You've been reading your scripture, boy. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, sir. Yes, sir, Pastor. I've been reading it every every Sunday. Ever since you left the small town. Sin has got its way into you, crawling into every cell in your body. What do you mean, Pastor McAmelly? I'm out there spreading the, the great message of our Lord and Savior. But you've been corrupted by the soul of Hollywood. You know, you speak the truth and it hurts like daggers. B Big Mac, you're going to be coming to bed? What are you doing on the phone? It's three o'clock in the morning. Hush up over there. I've got company. Don't you tell me to hush up. You acting like you a big man because you got someone on the phone. You know that I got you with. Just put your clothes back on. I'll be with you in a minute. I will not. I will have my breasts out as if the day I was born. Yes, I was born with breasts. Don't judge me. I'm going to go and get some orange juice. Would you like some? I would love some. Okay. Hello, whoever's on phone. Oh, hello there. Hello. Well, um... Uh, Felix, I must apologise. That uh, I thought that was going to be a really heartwarming moment, and now I, now I don't quite know how I feel about it. I sort of want some orange juice, but well, I can get some later. I'm sure it's all right. You know, if I didn't know you any better, if I didn't know that you were a good person, I thought you would have set me up for that. But no, I never would. No, 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 you never would. No, Felix, no, I never would. It was an interesting point that he made around the sin and corruption of Hollywood. There is a scene in Team Wolf of Wall Street where they name drugs I've never even heard of. I, I looked online, I couldn't find them anywhere. It was really quite decadent, um, you know, and I do wonder, how does one know about these things if one hasn't actually experienced them? Um, uh, good, good, good question. Good question. You know, uh, I, when I first got to Hollywood, I was invited to tons of parties up in Beverly Hills and, and I saw different people doing things, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Bill Saget, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., all these people. And, you know, I saw the drugs. I didn't partake, of course. I'm a good God-fearing Christian man. I just had me some Fago and that was it. And listen to my Insane Clown Posse CD, but I, I didn't actually do any of it. Um, uh, yeah, you have no proof. No, no, and I would never expose you in such a way. Honestly, Felix, I wouldn't. Um, I would like to, however, play the party scene from the movie. I found it educational and terrifying in equal measure. Um, it's where uh, Francis and Jefferson hit the, hit the city party scene and they get off their proverbials on all sorts of uh, concoctions. Let's cut to... Oh my God, Jefferson played by Jackie Chan. I don't even know what all these drugs are. What is a pajinga? Well, a pajinga is something that's in all of us. 
a bajinga's in your eye, you can take it through the ear, you can take it only too. A bajinga will reach inside your body and grab into your soul and pick out all the best parts and also spit out all the nasty parts. And I feel like you're ready for a bajinga. But if not, maybe you could have anything else that's on offer. What? That looks like taffy. Down home taffy. Down home taffy. All that brown we know so well. That's not taffy. That is a new breed of heroin. So you can just take it and you can chew it. It's addictive, it's yummy, and it's brown. Oh, it's homegrown taffy. Well, and I ain't much for, uh, you know, dog throwing, but that's what they're doing over there after they've taken the bluegrass cheese. The bluegrass, oh, the bluegrass. Francis, I'm not sure you're even ready for the bluegrass. I wasn't ready for the bluegrass until I've been in the old New York City for at least five years. A bluegrass? It, it divides the men from the women, the women from the men, the dogs from the cats, the cutlery from the pots. I'm not sure if you're ready for the bluegrass. No, I think I'm just a spoon. I'm not a utensil holder, that's for sure. Well, it's gonna be a good night. Yes, a bajinga reaches inside your body and into your soul. My, my, that's some powerful shit, isn't it, Felix? It is, it is. And you know, just speaking from observations, not actually, you know, absorbing the pachingo or the bluegrass or any of the other great drugs that are out there in the world. You know? No, of course not. Of course not. So obviously we, f we see Francis, we see this friendship, we see them kind of getting to grips with what New York City's all about. And then there's a plot twist. I didn't see it coming, Felix. Talk us through. Yeah, so in the middle of the movie, you know, I, I decided why well, leave the twist for the very end. At the middle of the movie, Jefferson actually passes away. Yeah, and uh, in a, in a very very strange fashion. Um, and not to give too much away, but one day Francis and Jefferson were walking on the High Line, and they had just closed the big deal, and they were on a cocaine trip, and and um, uh, Francis was feeling like he was losing his way and becoming, you know, this like city boy who's losing his way. And then all of a sudden, Jefferson just gets pushed over by a little kid. A little kid comes up with a gang of other little kids and they go, where are the gangs of New York? And then they like, pow, 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 they shoot him and they, they push him over and they, he falls off of the high line and onto the ground and gets run over by a city bus. And that really strikes Francis really hard. And the twist is Jefferson, was actually a bad man to begin with. The kids tell him he used to run an orphanage and he used to like, <laughs> he used to be mean to those kids and those kids escaped the orphanage and came on up to New York City to find Jefferson, put a hit out on his ass. So he learns that you can't trust everyone. No, you can't trust everyone, even if you've bejingered with them, even if you've been bluegrassing with them. And and yes, those children, at first I thought, oh my gosh, this is barbaric. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, wait, these children might have a point here. So obviously, um, our teen wolf hero has found a wolf pack. And actually, they form an unlikely, unlikely crew. Let's cut to Francis and the children. Oh, Francis, it's me, a small child. Thank you for seeing the truth in I can't believe it, small child. You killed my best and only friend. Even though he was high on drugs all the time and dragged me into this cesspit of a city. But 
Y'all just kids. You shouldn't be committing a murder. Listen here, Francis. We might just be kids, but we know right from wrong, and he is all wrong. He used to take us in, he took us off our parents, and turned us to a life of crime. So, crime doesn't pay, and we've come to get the money. Well, now you put it like that, it makes complete sense. You need the money, but crime doesn't pay. That's why you go to Wall Street. Because that's legal crime. Yeah, Francis. We just want to be legal now. We want to just find our way out here in the world and do things legal. Well, after the time we just killed someone. Well, you know, kids, you shouldn't be killing nobody. But how about we take all of their pension money and invest it for ourselves? That way, we can ruin their lives without actively killing them. Oh, and, and, and seeing the way that, that Francis is, is grappling with his own identity, it was really, it really captured the zeitgeist of the moment, I felt, actually. Um, so, so we've got this band of children and they've decided to pursue a life of legal crime on Wall Street. Now, you know, obviously, as the adage goes, it's very difficult to work with children. How did you go about getting them into that, into the scenes, into the set, really adapting to that kind of Wall Street mentality? Well, uh, you know, first of all, I had to get them there and I had to get them engaged. So I, uh, you know, made a little TikTok video that got them engaged and I put up little video screens where they could play Fortnite and uh, do their little filmings and things while we were on break. But I got them all together and to get them into their characters, I told them to imagine that their mommy and their daddy took away all of their toys and they would do anything to get it back. And I had one kid already had a switchblade on him, take it out and start playing around with it. And I was like, wait a minute, wait till we start shooting. Just wait a minute. You know, these are some, these are some hard kids from the streets of Staten Island. Yes, and they were very good actors actually. And, and I can see shining careers for all of them. Um, they were very, very talented. Now, obviously, I don't want to accuse you of being political. However, this was a really slamming indictment of the culture on Wall Street, and the CEO of J.P. Morgan was not happy at all, was he? No, he was not, actually, and uh, he actually sent me a letter saying that this is not who we are. We are making America a better place by securing the financial markets and mortgages and hedge funds and 401ks and everything else finance people do. But you know what I did? I took that letter, and I actually called him. I called him right on the phone. I said, excuse me, Mr. Morgan Chase, sir. I uh, respect your opinion as I respect any American's right for free speech, but you can go fuck yourself. And I took that letter and I burned it right in my fireplace. And I sent him a video of it to show him that free speech should not be hindered here in America. You know, he might, him and his liberal uh, big city ideals thinking that I'm, I'm tearing down his reputation. No, what he needs to see is that everyone that works on Wall Street is evil, all of them, evil, charlatans, harlots, Jezebels, male Jezebels, all the bad things, bring a reality to truth. Yes, all of the bells on Wall Street. We have actually got, um, I, legally I am obliged to play this, we have got a short statement from the JP Morgan legal representation. They've asked that we play this, um, and I will be sued within an inch of my life if I don't. And to be honest, I've already lost one property in Kensington. I can't afford to lose another. Here is the uh, legal statement from J.P. Morgan. 
Dear insignificant person, we here of JP Morgan do not respect or acknowledge your power in words, person or humanity. If you dare to breathe any of your nonsense and legal trash out into the public, we will sue you, your forefathers, the people that have not even been born yet. We will go into your sperm and sue every single sperm that was within your sack. The woman that you're going to meet in the future that will be your wife, we are suing her. You don't know her, you have no connection with her yet, but we're going to sue her. The person at the corner store that you have that relationship with, you don't know their name, but you feel like you're very close, you've known them for almost 10 years, we're suing them too. We're even suing ourselves because of our connection with you. Sure, play your film, have your ragtag of um, Rat Pat children, but yes, we will sue everything that you touch and you know. Yours sincerely, JP Morgan, Incorporated. My gosh, they're going to sue the woman you've not met, sue the sperm you've not yet ejaculated, and they're coming after Corner Shop Wonder. This is really extreme. I invite it. I say, come on and do it. Come on, come into my house. I'll unzip my pants. I'm ready for you. Bring your lawyers. I'll present my balls left and right just for you to sue. It doesn't matter. I'll go down to the corner store and I'll see my friend who's a true American and he'll show his balls for you too if you want to sue those. Sue all of our balls. It doesn't matter. You can't take over our economy and our system. Well, Felix, if you'll permit me to say this, you have got massive balls. Thank you. Actually, this has cast quite a lot of attention onto your film, which I think is and a damning indictment of capitalism and an important work for any young, impressionable mind to see. And that's because of the strong moral ending that we see at the end. We see Francis, we see him return to his traditional American values, which I know are so important to you, Felix. And it's actually quite a moving scene. Mm -hmm. And uh, we see his mother again, which I really enjoyed. Let's cut to... Francis, you're back from the big city. Mama, I don't think I can ever go back to the way things were now that I've eaten everyone at J.P. Morgan Chase on a wolf binge. Oh, so, so the, the checks are going to stop then? I'm sorry, Mama. I can't afford your gallivanting around Europe, Asia, Australia, and all the other places you love going. Oh, that's not gallivanting. That is a public service to people. I don't just go gallivanting. I'm a social media star now. Even my voice has changed. I have elevated to a different level. I respect my roots, but I need you to, I need you to give me the, the money. Is the money actually just gone? So what you're saying is, it doesn't matter how bad your problems are in America, you always need money. Well, that's the American way. That really is the American way. And you are about to be a very rich man, Felix Thorne, because this is a hit. Oh, yes, I know. I see it in my bank account every day. I get emails about it. And I'm glad people are really seeing the true values of a good American. And by the way, he turns into a full wolf by the end of that movie. So in that scene, he's already a full wolf. Hmm. Makes it all the more powerful. 
Now, Felix, you never need to work again, do you? Let's be honest. You are stinking rich. You don't need to make another film ever again. But I know that there is a creative seed inside you that must find a way out. So I must ask Felix, is there another film in the making? You can tell me. We're friends. All right, well, since I, I know I can trust you and I can confide in you, sure. It's about a man uh, who uh, is a good American. He becomes a director. Uh, he moves to Los Angeles. He gets involved with a lot of drugs. He goes to therapy. He goes to rehab. And then he tries to hide it during interviews. Mm. Mm -hmm. Gosh, how very, how very different, how very unique. And, and what's the film called, Felix? Thorn in my balls. <laughs> Thorn in my balls. Well, Felix, I hope you don't mind. I am wily. That's been said about me before. And I actually do have a trailer for the film Thorn in my balls. Would you mind terribly if we were to play it? Not at all. Not at all. Go ahead. Listeners, a world exclusive, a story never seen before, A Thorn in My Balls, directed by Felix Thorne. One man was in a small town and he was a thorn in everyone's balls. One day I'm gonna be a big director, see? I'm just a girl from the city that was looking for a small-time man so we can have an unhealthy and toxic relationship. But I'm a small-town guy. I can't move to be with you. I will put everything on hold just for you, even though I've just met you. Starring Sandra Bullock and Christopher Walken. I am in a small role as a local store owner. I'll follow you anywhere because that's the way the story goes. The thorn in everyone's balls. Well, I can't wait to see that and getting the walking in as well. Wonderful, wonderful. It's actually, it's a, it's a big blessing to get Christopher walking. We've also got tons of other actors in it too. We got Jet Li, we got Sylvester Stallone, we got Terry Crews, we got Chris Rock. Tons of other people, big, big celebrities. What a wonderful film that'll be. Well, Mr. Thorne, Felix, my friend, Mr. Big Balls, we've come to the end of our interview today. And I, before we close, I wondered, do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners? No. Well, there we go. No words of wisdom from Mr. Thorne. You have to pay for that shit. The Improvised Movie Director podcast featured Sabrina Luisi as Martina Minow, with resident improvisers Rory Vieira and Monica Gaga. With special thanks to today's guest, RJ Williams. IMDP is produced and edited by Steve Tanner. Theme music by Matt Brown and Johnny Griffiths. Artwork by Marty Sears. Additional music by Stan Babich.